Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast. These are Bible teachings that are meant to be discussed alongside other men in community at our Blankenbaker Man Challenge gathering, where we prioritize developing a competent and confident understanding of who Jesus is and authentic and intentional male relationships. We hope this teaching of God's Word grows your relationship with the Lord, and we urge you to unpack it in your relationship with others. Enjoy! Go ahead. Hi, so, a couple questions. You know, yeah. one of my mentors uh, up in Chicago, Dwayne Martin, he said, man, if you want to be wise, carry a wise man's luggage. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of people that have wisdom in different mm. areas. And mm. one thing I believe this room, myself included, would, mm. would b- benefit from, and, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, give the real answer. Don't give a humble yeah. answer. Okay. This this is something in your wheelhouse. So what do you do, practically speaking, yeah. to intentionally, consistently, daily, to practice Psalm 4610, which says, be still and know that I'm God, mm-hmm. combined with John 15, 4 to 5, which is a, talking about Jesus saying, remain in me, abide in me. Yeah, what do you do, practically ministry. speaking? Uh, yeah, so, I, so to, to say this, every time I say this, uh, and every, every man in the room knows, um, as soon as I say this, everybody says I'm too busy for that. But I just want to say I have five kids. It's not like, it's not like I'm skating through. Uh, I'm figuring it out too. But um, if I'm being honest, I, 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 have to get, I have to get up early and I have, to, I have to have time with Jesus early. So if I don't do it early... Um, I'm wiped. Uh, Psalm uh, talks about this. Uh, David had that rhythm early in the morning. Lord, I just lay my request before you. And um, I, so I, I get up early. If, if I'm being honest, if I don't spend, for being real, if, if I don't spend an hour before I see all of you, I'm not the same person. Mm. And so my day is different. And it always feels like I shouldn't and I can't. And when I don't, um, I feel it. I feel it in my soul. So second thing is um, I turn the radio off a lot in the car. Even, you know, so I like maybe switch some of, sometimes I switch worship music. That's super helpful. But sometimes it's just silence. I, I, I've, you know, I've been doing it all week. I just, if I've got a 15 minute drive, I just turn it off and I force myself not to think about work or not to think about problems, but to just think about what's God doing in my heart. Like I just, like, Finding any amount of silence because most of us don't have much of it. Mm. And then the third one is get myself outside, especially late at night instead of zoning into sports center or something like that. Um, Turning it off and either going outside with one of the kids, going outside and sitting, not going outside to work on the house, but to go outside and just um, sit outside. So, yeah, I guess those are, yeah, those are weird, but those are mine. So. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. What do you see happening in culture that excites you and what do you see happening in culture that concerns you um man you know church culture culture i think anybody's been around me recently so so here's the thing like i i have never in my life seen and stats would prove this we just did a pastor's conference for uh we helped lead one for uh we had 1500 pastors last two weeks ago in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And so had, we had a person from Barna come out and just talk about what's going on and what do you see. And it was interesting because Barna, uh, anybody that knows stat stuff and stat people, um, 
Barna usually makes you feel terrible about the state of the world. It's, gonna, it's all going to burn. Um, but Barna came out, and the, the most recent stuff that they found was that right now, that the general population of America has never seen, hasn't seen in our lifetime the church so positively. Does it feel like that to you? Um, which you would, that's not what I hear all the time. But the stats would say that they're more positive about the church and what the church offers than they've been in our lifetimes. Uh, the other reality is that, they are, that, that people are more, and I've seen this, and I saw it before the stats, because probably in the last, if I'm just being real, in the last six months, I've probably had, I mean, no joke, probably 50 spiritual conversations with people that were like, probably the pinnacle, like, um, you coming to Jesus conversations. In six months, I've probably had 50. In, in, I'm, you know, I've never had that many and so what I would say is right now, I've never seen an openness for people to accept the gospel more than today. Um, and that, yeah, it's good, man. Um, and if I'm being real, and I'll do this in man challenge, and I've never seen the church so sucked up in herself a little bit. And, and she's being a little like... Um, what's this mean for me, and everything's crazy, and I need my identity, and I'm like, man, Jesus loves you, and I want you to have your identity, but how long have you been following Jesus, man? I love you. Like, let's figure this out, and let's get back out on the, let's, come on, man. Like, let's, let's, I, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm seeing, and, and probably not you guys, you guys are probably great, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm seeing opportunities like I've never seen, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing the church being really inward, Unlike I've ever seen. And, and so if you knew our answer was yes, now what's the yeah. question? What would the man challenge be for us on that? Man up, man. Like this is, this is, this is an unprecedented time. And, um, you know, what that means, let me, let me put that into terms. That means that your brother, sister, your father, your coworker, um, in your lifetime, there may not be, I always, I always say evangelism's like uh, Russia. Um, get in quick because you never know when the wall's going to come back down. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, there is an opening in the people around you's lives, and it's just not time to sit around and, um, and waste. It's just not a time to waste time. So as men, I would just say, come on, man. Like, I love you, but you probably already know enough about Jesus to share that Jesus with the people around you. Um, and by the way, the identity that you long for, that you think you need to have before you share it with people, you actually won't find until you go out and sh start sharing with people, because it's then that you find that you actually have the power, and actually that God works in your weaknesses, and actually that God doesn't need you to have it all together to use you in powerful ways. And when you use you in powerful ways, then some of the things we struggle about with, like today, you won't struggle as much because you wake up with purpose in your chest, and you go like, I know who I am, and I know what I'm made for. Um, and all of a sudden, all these other things start to go down, but, but we micromanage all of our weaknesses, and we're trying to time crunch, and we're trying to fit things in. I got a little Jesus, got a little this, got a little this. And it just doesn't work, man. Like, like you got to step into what you're made for if you're going to figure this thing out. And I would just say as men, man challenge, I just, the guys that I see, I'm like, come on, man. Like, you were made for more. You know it in your soul. Stop settling. Um, and, and step in. So, you know me though. So, I'm a little bit of a fire hose. So, yeah. I apologize for putting you on the spot. You clearly yeah. haven't thought about that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Love this guy. Let's oh, uh, welcome him. Yeah, Tee it thanks, up. Man. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah.
Well, good morning, man. Can I pray for us? Can we do that? And then uh, we're going to have a little man moment. So, Father, uh, I just pray over the men in front of me. Um, and I was, saying, I was thinking this on the way in. Um, man, I, I, I do not want to say um, anything that will um, move these men backwards. But, Father, I know you. And I've seen you at work. Um, I've seen the things that, I, you know, I was literally, I preached this sermon 10 years ago. And I, and I opened it, and I read it, and I was like, wow, that's a bad sermon. Because um, I just don't know that that's true. Um, and Father, what I want to lean in today for the men that I, so many men, I'm sitting here looking around the room, so many men that I love, is Father, I, I, I pray that you would take that, that seed of deep purpose in their chest today, that thing that they were made to, to, to step into and be, and Father, that you would give all of us wisdom, that you would give us, uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, power uh, to figure out and to have eyes for what is it that's keeping us back? What is it that's holding us at bay? What is it that keeps, it feels like we keep wanting to step in, but something, something keeps pushing back, and we start to think that it's us, but maybe it's something else. And so, Father, I just, I just pray that you, would, um, that you would call us out, that you would call us up, and that you would give me your grace today. Um, and, Father, that we would have clear eyes for your son, Jesus, and what it means to be a son of the king. We pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Can you do this for me real fast? Um, can you stand up and uh, it, it's just, this is good for me. Just stand up and, like, hug three dudes. Unless you're, like, social distancing, don't. Um, I just want to break down some walls. What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. You doing good? Good to see you. <laughs> uh... Wow. All right, well, what a, what a good group of dudes. Um, I hope you know this isn't normal, right? Mo most places don't get this. And um, do you ever wonder why? Can I just lean into that for a second? Do you ever wonder why you're in this room and you're at this church and you're at this place? I don't know that I, I mean, does any, has anybody else in their lifetime seen a, a group full of men just like this that are up at six o'clock in the morning ready to pursue Jesus and figure it out and just be honest about it and, and, and talk about, anybody else ever seen that in their lifetime? Because I haven't. And I just want you to know, like, I mean, you're, if you're in the room right now, I don't care if you're young or old, I hope that you recognize this isn't normal, and you got to start asking yourself, then why are you here? Like, how did you get voted in on this island? Because some of you are like, I don't know, man, I think I just, like, slipped through the cracks. I, it's one of my favorite things about the Father. He didn't wake up and have an off day and go, wow, how'd that dude get in here? Huh. Yeah, that's weird. So um, what I want to talk about this morning is kind of that, like I, what I want to talk about, and I think you guys talked about this, Mighty Warriors, um, because if you leaned into the text last week, then I, what, I'm, what I'm hoping that you picked up was that, that there was a whole bunch of you that recognize um, that so many men like Gideon recognize the problem, but don't assume that, that they themselves are a part of the solution. 
So many men uh, in a room like this would say, you know, yes, I get the problem. I see the problem. If I ask you what's going on with the guys in your life, the people that are around you, the past that you walked out of, the men that you surround yourself with, with the marriages, with the singleness, I don't care what it is. If I ask you to define the problem, most of you would say, yeah, I know the problem. The problem is most dudes uh, right now are passionless. They're chasing their tail. They're, they're chasing success or they're chasing women or they're chasing satisfaction. They're, tr- they're puffing up their chest. And um, even though you get caught in it, you, you see that from a distance. You go, man, what is wrong with us right now? You see the violence and guys that get so mad so quick that, that don't have self-respect. You see fatherhood. Some of you have had chump fathers. Some of you have been chump fathers and need a lot of grace. Some of you see what's going on around. And it's like, yes, I understand what's broken. I can see what's going on. That's the situation that we have right now. Judges, I think you've seen that picture. The picture is, um, in those days, man, it was, not, it was not a great place to grow up and live. In those days, each man did that which was right in his own eyes. And everybody saw it, man. Like everybody saw how bad it was. They just didn't assume that they were the solution to the problem that they saw. They saw the poverty in their relationships. They, they, they recognized that most guys don't know how to have a relationship to save their lives. Like literally, if we're not talking about sports or not talking about business, I've got nothing. And then on the other side of that, they recognize that there's this poverty, that, that, that women, I, and I think you see this, right? Like women right now, like, like some of you, maybe, maybe especially, I wish, I wish all of us could have daughters. How many of you have daughters? That'll help me. Anybody else see the problem of men from the ages of, right now, I think the, the, the exposure rate is at nine years old, that young men at nine years old, and now to the six-year-olds that I sit down and counsel that are, that are, that are stuck in, in, in cycles of pornography, anybody else see the problem of the fact that, that, there are, that, that most men are spending hours on their phones looking um, at sexual, like just depraved images of somebody's daughter being defiled by somebody while probably being drugged up the whole time. Anybody else got a problem with that? I got a problem with that. I got a problem with the way that we treat women. I've got a problem with with men like having no focus and no aim. Most of them, if you put them in a worship service for more than two songs, they're checked out wondering what's wrong with them. And and you're like, well, you know, I need a bow and go hunting. I think that you can worship anywhere, but I'm just telling you, like, where have we gone, fellas? Where's the character of our men? And I'm just telling you, man, that, that is Gideon's day. Gideon's seeing it, and he's doing, he's doing some stuff that he needs to do in a place that you should never have to do that. Any, any men have to do that? Any of, you, any of you feel like, you know, I should have in my, I should be in my, my living room, I should be in my family room, like with my family or with, you know, if I'm, if I'm single with my roommates, we should be in a place where we're pursuing you and we've got good hearts and we've got this. But, I'm, but, I have, but, but over there, there's no way you can do something like that in a place like that because that's just not where you do that. But I have to go, I have to, you, have to, you have to peel away to church to do something that you know is in your heart to do in your everyday life. Why do I say that? Because that's Gideon. Gideon's stuck in a wine press threshing wheat. Gideon's stuck in a place um, where he recognizes that, man, I, I'm defeated. I don't know how to get out of this. Where do you ever break the cycle? And God shows up to him, I don't want to miss this, and says to him, you are more than you understand. And he calls a mighty warrior. 
And I just want to say this, and I know you talked about it last week, but, but so many of you, man, I wish I had time with you to speak into your chest some of the things. And, and, and if you don't know my story, I'm not going to go through it, but I grew up in crazy town, man. I grew up with a lot of abuse. I grew up with, a, with an abusive father and an angry father. I grew up with all the things, I, um, you know, with a turnstile on the door of my house from all the women that came in and out that my brother slept with all the time. I'm, I was uh, smoking pot at six because there's such a party atmosphere in and around my home. I'm just telling you, I understand, and I'm just telling you. I don't know who you are, and I don't know how old you are, and I don't know the years that you've missed or the years that are ahead of you, but I'm telling you this. What I know about you is that God has planted you where you are on purpose, that he has something inside of you that he wants to call out. You're not in this room on accident, brother, and he's got a calling on your life. And he's saying, listen, I know that you look around and you, it almost looks like, how in the world do you even change this man? I don't even know how to change me. And he steps in and says, I know. But I'm going to use you. And if you'll let me, I'll let you be a part of something that you never would have dreamed of. So this is what he does. Uh, he, he calls him. He has an encounter with an angel. Um, God does something amazing in his life. And I'm just going to read through the text real fast. And, um, and then let's just chat about it. And it says, uh, you want to read with me? That'd be great. Uh, Judges 6, uh, verse 25. We'll go through there. I'm going to have you look down instead of look at the screens. I hope that's all right. Um, I think it's helpful sometimes. It says this. It says, that night, that night the Lord said to him, so what night? The night that he figured out that he actually has a purpose inside of him and that, they, that he's not there on, on accident, and that God actually has greater plans than he could have imagined. And he already gave his excuses. I'm sure you guys gave your excuses last week of why you're not supposed to be the guy. He says, okay, are you done yet? Because you're the guy. You're the guy that I have. You're the one that I've planted. You're the one that I, that I choose. And so he just says that night, on the night of his choosing, he says, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take your father's bull all of a sudden, you're like, my dad's got a lot of bull. No, I had, that was a bad joke. So, um, really bad. That was like a Dave joke, wasn't it? Sorry. I saw him last night. Take your father's bull. And then he says, uh, the, in the second bull, seven years old, I've got ESV. I know the translation is a little different. Um, this one's a little bit more on point. Um, and it says, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has. And as a matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and cut down the Asherah pole that's beside it. And, um, and I want you to build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the stronghold there. With the stones kind of laid in due order. Then, then take the second bowl and I want you to offer that bowl that I told you about. And I want you to offer the, place that as a burnt offering with uh, the wood of, of the Asherah pole that you cut down. So Gideon took, listen to this, so he took ten men. It took ten men. That's a what, what, what you're hearing is the idol's not so big that you can dismantle it on your own. This thing's got to be huge. He takes 10 servants, and he did as the Lord had told him. But what we find out is that sounds really good, but let's just be honest. He says, but because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it during the day, he did it. He just did it in, in a way that there's a little bit less friction. He, he did it at night. Uh, when the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down and the Asherah beside it was cut down. And the second bowl was offered on the altar that had been built. And so he just goes on. Verse 29 says, and they said to one another, uh, who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, it's, it's, it's Gideon. 
Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, for he has broken down the altar of Baal, and he's cut down the Asher pole beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal? Um, Joash, meaning uh, Gideon's dad. Gideon's dad comes out and says, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal is a god, or if he is a god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called Jerubal, Baal. Uh, that is to say, let, let Baal contend against him because he broke down his altar. That's a long passage, so let me unpack it. Can I just do it really fast? And so um, Gideon finds out for the first time that he's got a purpose in his chest and that God's got a call in his life. And, and so um, I, I, I pray that that's true for you. Um, but, then, um, but then the Lord shows up the exact same night and says, says uh, we're not even going to wait around uh, because the economy of the kingdom is today. You know that, right? Like the economy of the kingdom isn't once I get things figured out. The economy of the kingdom isn't like, um, yeah, I'll get around to that. The economy of the kingdom is always today. It's today, 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 today. Um, let's do this today. Like if you feel in your chest, do it now. When you start, the, the, you know, when, when you get that thing in your chest, it'll just stop just real fast. Like when you get that thing in your chest when you're supposed to do something and you put it off because it's not a convenient time, I'm just telling you that thing that was put in you will die. You know that, right? Like the reason that we keep driving past situations that we've gotten used to driving past is because we don't stop in those situations. I want to encourage some of you men to step into the, like to figure out the economy of today. Do something that you don't normally do in the minute to disrupt whatever you're doing and start learning how to to, to walk in the principle of the economy of today. But anyways, he says today, like right now, I want you to do something. He says, okay, what do you want me to do? Because you called me to a purpose, and the purpose I already know. There's an oppression on the people. I know that you're calling me to do something great, so I know that there's this great calling in my life, so what is it that I need to do? And so if I'm him, I'm thinking, so do you need me to make battle plans? Do you need me to go find the warriors? Do you need me to figure out like what I'm supposed to do and, and what trip I'm supposed to go on and like tell me what to do? And, and God just says to him, I need you to go to your dad's backyard. And all of a sudden he's like, that just got personal quick. Yeah. Because you know that in your dad's backyard, um, that uh, there's a hill there is kind of the way that it puts it. There's a stronghold. There's like a, there's literally your dad has what we would understand probably, probably the biggest idol worship center set up in his backyard and all of the people in your town all know about it and they've all seen it and it's so big and he says so what I'm asking you to do mighty warrior is to go home and I want you to take care of the idol problem that you got going on right there so here's what happens and in uh let me let me I'll, I'll give you a real quick uh Baal Asher run through so Baal do you know about Baal Baal was, Baal was uh, the, um, he's the, he's the God that most came in and out. Baal and Asher were the two that were always, like Israelites always struggle with these two. There's a lot of kind of minor gods that come in, but these are the two main ones. Uh, Baal was the God of, of thunder. God, Baal was the God of storms. Baal was the God, every time he's depicted, if you find any uh, sculptures or any or paintings of him, he had like a really hairy chest. Who's the hairiest person that you know? Are they at your table? Just point to him real fast. Uh, that'd be great. That got awkward. So um, he's really hairy. Um, and that was because they, they thought hairy men uh, were the most virile, you know, like that they, that they were, you know, they were going to have sons and, uh, and they were going to come out with hair. And, um, and so uh, they're going to be bald by 30, but it's fine. Um, 
But they, you know, lots of hair and lots of flowing hair and lots of muscle. And he, so he was, here's the thing. He's, he's the God of power. He's got excess. He's, a, he's the God of, you, you don't walk in the room and not notice him. He's chiseled. He's bigger. He's more prominent. Um, every man notices Baal, and everyone wants to be Baal. So Baal is, is the god of thunder. Uh, Asherah is the goddess of the moon. Uh, Asherah is the goddess of harvest. Asherah was usually, they would take a big, like an old oak. I've got like these 150-year-old oaks that are like this big around in my house. I've seen some of these in Israel. And they would basically uh, cut it off as, as, as high as they could, and they would turn it into a carving. And basically, um, it, was, it was a wooden pole um, where there were, uh, where there was a, they would carve out this woman and she would have like 50 breasts. There'd just be one breast for everybody. Who wants a breast? Everybody can have breasts. So you just come and there's like just breasts for everybody. And hers, um, in, in both of them, uh, one you went to for success and power. And one you went to, uh, they would say, um, kind of bless your land. What it really worked out as was um, when you, when you um, it was sexuality. With Asher, there's more ties to prostitution. You would go there to sleep with women. Um, and it's kind of how men got their fix. Like when I, when I need more power, when I need more success, when I need to feel like, like I just, uh, I can be respected that when I walk in the room that it thunders, then, then if, if I don't feel like I have enough of that, then I go to Baal and just say, Baal, I want what you have. And with Asherah, it was like, listen, um, you know, yes, I want you to bless my crops, um, but really he was the God of rain and success. And so the, really the way that it worked out was, it was like, you know what, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm satisfied with my wife. I don't feel like my, my you know, I, I, I don't know what to do with these sexual cravings. And so they would go to the goddess of Asherah so that they always knew every time there's a harvest, which she's the goddess of harvest, every time they go to harvest, there was always a big party. With Asherah, it was always about parties. Every time there was a new, you know, they had all the new wine, they'd break out the new wine, everybody would get smashed, everybody have a good time, and probably get laid. She's the goddess of party. She was the goddess of, of, of it doesn't matter what you do tonight, it doesn't matter, just, just let your inhibitions go and just let it happen, and you're just, you're just a man, just kind of let it be free. I know you got to be buttoned up all these other times, but this is the goddess where you can come and you can finally just, nobody's around, I got to blow off some steam, I just want to do whatever I want to do and have no repercussions at all. Goddess of Baal, goddess of Asher, and so problem is, uh, Gideon, you, you come to find out that, that these idols end up being in. Gideon's dad, Gideon's dad's the one that set up these idols. Isn't that interesting that God came to the, the son of the idol guy? And so he just says, um, and I'll just put this pretty simple. Um, he just says, listen, um, Gideon, if you're ever going to rise up to be what it is you've, that I've called you to be, um, I'm going to have to help you tackle the thing that's keeping you from being what it is that you're made to be. And what I'm going to do is, is it's going to be really personal. It's going to be really hard for you. Um, I'm, we're, going to, we're going to tackle some idols that, that, that you didn't even choose. Most of the idols, by the way, most of the idols that you have in this room were not the ones that you chose. They were handed to you. Like, they, you know, the, the idols of, of power and sexuality and success, the reason that we're all striving is because the generation before us spent their whole lives striving. The reason that we're locked into to, to sexuality and, and to you know, all the stuff of, of just letting loose is because the whole entire generation before us and generations before them, they just needed a release. They just needed to let go. They just needed to like, like somehow go to some place to find what it was that they needed other than God. And because of that, um, 
we're in the spot that we're in. And so uh, God just says to Gideon, just says, hey, listen, I've got great plans for you. But first things first, we're going to have to tackle the thing that, that you know is keeping you from being you. So it just says, I, I'm sending you to your dad's backyard. And, you know, um, I had, I think you, you all know, I had a former Special Forces Vietnam veteran father. If you would have sent me to my dad's backyard, I would have done it at night too. Or I might not have done it. You start talking about my dad, it gets real personal. Do I know what my dad struggled with? Yes. I do. I don't even want to talk about it because I respect him so much. But some of the, the challenges that I have today are tied to my dad, and you all are the exact same way. And some, you know, there, there's, there's some things. You know, I used, I used to think, I used to think that lust was my, was my biggest challenge. Young men feel that way? Old men ever think that that was your biggest challenge too? Because we all struggle with it. But then come to find out, I started recognizing that it was way deeper than that. Like, like if an idol is something that, I go, that you go to, to to get what you want and what you need, then I'm just telling you, like my, my pride was a way bigger problem for me. My drive for success, my drive to be known, my drive for my, for my dad to finally notice who I am and what I'm doing. I'm just telling you, there are a lot of reasons that I've gone to idols in the past, and those idols um, have a lot to do with my dad. They have a lot to do with the relationship that I have with my dad. They have a lot to do with the fact that, that my dad, and this isn't recorded, I don't think, um, and you don't know him, but I lo- and I love him. But my dad wasn't faithful to his wife. My dad didn't take care of his kids. My dad was angry all the time. My dad did choose work over spending time with his family. My dad did have expectations on me um, that were not okay. My dad didn't step into my room and pray over me at night. My dad didn't teach me how to read God's word and to, and to figure out that, that hey, son, I'm, I'm seeing what's going on in, my, in your life, in, in our lives, and here's the thing. None of that stuff. Here's the thing. I think most of the people in this room know, maybe you don't, that you will never, ever have enough success to make you, to fill the purpose in your soul. It won't ever happen. Some of you already know because it, it's moved past, you just want to do it, and now it's to the, you know, that's how you know it's an idol. It's not that you go to it because you just need it. It's when you start going to it when you don't need it, but it starts, there's like a force behind it. When you start, when you start living your whole life as a workaholic and you really don't know why, it's when you start living your life like wrapped around your vanity and you're, you're, you're at the gym incessantly or you're waking up, uh, like, like literally, you're in the room with like a bunch of dudes this morning and it took you like 20 minutes to figure out what to wear. You're with dudes, doesn't matter. Some of you who's, who's, who's you know, you grew up in systems where you, where you had dads that said, hey, listen, if you're educated, you'll make your way out. And so your whole life, and your whole life instead of them teaching you to, to be honorable and to be, have, be filled with character and be filled with the Spirit and to be a man, of, a man, a godly man. They spent their whole lives pushing you to a sport or pushing you to education. And you knew more at 18 about sports than you knew about your Savior. You knew more about calculus. You knew more about schools and where to go and what to do to be successful than you knew about the community of believers and how to lead a lost person to Christ in your home. So I'm just saying, that's just the reality and that's what happens of generations of idol worship. So I'm just here to tell 
tell you, brothers, there's idols all around you. I think you know, though. The question is, like Gideon, do you have the courage to today tear down idols that have been stuck in your life since before you can remember? Some men in this room, some of you, this is new, man, and, and, and I love that, and we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about you just in a second. But some of you in this room, how, how, long, how long have you struggled with the idols that you struggle with? How long have they held sway over your life? Why is that? Because they're bigger than you're honest about, and they go back farther than you recognize. They're not just little things. Your, your, your drinking problem didn't just come from you going to college and picking up a drinking problem. Your, your drinking problem came from generational cycles of men not really stepping into who men are supposed to be and you never really knowing that you can actually find your purpose and have a same, like, and leverage your, your whole body for something. Like, there's a lot more going on, I should say, than just what you picked up along the way. These, the things that we struggle with, men, they go back way before us. And if we're going to be honest about stepping up and being the mighty warriors that God's called us to be, then the things that we're going to have to cut down are bigger than we understand. I don't want to just talk about idols in here and then try to get you to put a filter on your phone so that you look at porn less. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about idols and then, you, and then you figure out how to spend 15 extra minutes in the morning connecting with God, but you spend your lifetime wrapped around your success and where you're going. What do you go to? Who do you go to to get what your soul longs for? You either go to God or you go to something else. This is an idol. This will fill your soul. So he just says, you know, two idols are in your dad's backyard. Um, and so uh, he takes 10 men. Uh, 10 men. It's going to take for some of you to, to step into the purpose that you have. You're going to have to walk out of, destroy, tackle. Um, you know, I think, uh, where's Ronnie at? Ronnie said, you're going to have to have an idol vasectomy. You're welcome. That's for you. Um, I don't know what it means. I just wanted to say it. And... Um, and you have to get the idols out. How are you going to get the idols out? Let me be real practical. It's probably going to take way more than just you. You know that, right? And it's going to take way more of the right people, right? Like, did you notice he didn't ask his dad and neighbors to come tackle the idols that they struggle with too? He grabbed servants. He grabbed people that wouldn't tell him no to tackle the idol's problem that he had in his life. So some of you men in here, you're like, man, I, I, you know, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm praying you're going to have some time at your tables to, to define. Let's, let's just reach back. What, what, are the, what are the idols of your fathers? Yeah, I really, here in a second, you're going to tell me, what are the idols of my fathers that I know are bigger than just my challenges? But then the second question is going to be, and who in the world am I going to get to help me cut them down? Because with, with Gideon, he, he, he grabs 10 men that can't tell him no. And I'm just, I'm just here to ask you in the room, if you got serious about the idols that you have in your life, and, um, and I'm just being honest, I, I have some, I'm, I'm walking through this right now, 
Um, if I'm going to be serious about some of the idols that are still in my life, and, and, and just like, like with a blaze of glory, just passionate about not just like trying to, trying to budget my time around them and trying to get filters, but like how do I with a, with a chainsaw cut down and demolish the strongholds in my life that have been there for too long? Well, that's going to be the case then, man. I'm going to need, I'm going to need some brothers. And I'm going to need some brothers that won't say no, but the second that I'm transparent, they would say, how do we help? How do we help? How do we help? If, if you don't have friends in your life, that when you say, I'm really struggling, and their immediate response isn't, um, how do I help? Then I'm just here to tell you, that's what you're here for. You're here to find brothers. You're here to be the kind of brother that when a brother says, man, I'm struggling with lust, and this is like tearing up my, my marriage, and, and it's making me callous, and I've been trying for years, you're not the kind of guy that just says, man, I'll pray about that. That's great. Let's move on. Like, I'm, I'm all about prayer. You're the kind of brother that says, okay, how, let's get serious about this. How can I really help you? So tell me when you struggle. Tell me where you struggle. And then they, then, then you're, then they have like shares remorse. And I'm like, I'm not that serious about it. And you're like, oh, no, we're serious about it. We're chopping this baby down. I'm going to help you because I'm not going to watch you get caught by your junior high son on a porn site wrecking your manhood when that, and your soul being laid bare because you weren't man enough to call it what it is right now and freaking cut it down, dude. Cut it down. Don't manage it. Destroy it. You want to destroy strongholds in your life? Then you get some men around you that, will, that you can be honest with and say, I'm sick of this, and I don't want it, and I believe too firmly in what God's called me to do. Help me cut it down. Cut it down, and, and, and I love when he cuts it down. You hear what he said? He said, cut it down, and when you cut it down, uh, I want you to have a worship service over it. Like whatever you just demolish, like the fact that you've given your whole life to whatever it is, and you've, you figure it, that out. As soon as you, you, you tear that down, immediately, I want you with those 10 men, I want you to take a bowl, I want you to have a worship service, and I want you to just say to God, even, even though somebody could possibly maybe rebuild something later, you just say, God, thank you for, for delivering me from the thing that was gonna ro- has been robbing us, has robbed my marriage, has robbed my heart, has robbed my soul. God, I just worship you. Thank you that I finally had the courage to tear this freaking thing down because it's killing us. It's killing us, man. And it's keeping us from stepping into who we were made to be. And so they, they throw a worship party. And, and, and um, I'll just say this. Interestingly enough, the people around that were very against that getting cut down, did you notice what, what, what's about to happen to them? Immediately, it's his dad. What's his dad's reaction? His dad, that all the people come out to try to hurt their boy, his boy, and his immediate thing is to defend him. You ever wonder if as we start tearing down the idols around us and we're afraid that everybody else is going to freak out and everybody's going everybody's to, you know, like, man, if I really did that, you don't know what that would do to my business. You just don't know what that would do to my friendships. You just don't know. You just don't know. That would wreck me socially. That would cause so many problems. That would, um, interestingly enough, that's actually not what happened. What happened is dad came out and his dad ends up defending his boy. And I wonder if his dad didn't look at his son for the first time with the kind of pride that only a son who has that gleam in his father's eye can experience. When his dad looked at his boy and said, I'm so glad my son cut it down because I was afraid and I wanted to do it for years. 
you start being serious about the idols in your life, and you start weighing the cost, what's it going to cost me, and how does, what's that look like? I'm just telling you, you may cut it down to find out that the people around you have been waiting for somebody to do that. An entire community gets freedom from an idol because one guy decides to cut it down. And I'm just telling you, so, so many of your friendships and your relationships and the people around you, they're looking for freedom, and they don't know where it's found because they keep returning to all the stuff that we keep returning to. And if we don't cut it down, who's going to cut it down, man? If we don't show them in another way, who's going to find another way? So here's my challenge for you this morning. I wish I had, I had more time, and, and, um, and I just want to be real. I think the most real thing that's about to happen is at your table, though. And I could have said like two minutes worth of stuff, um, and I just want you to know, you being honest at the table right now about what you think your idols are, and even asking some people this week around you to say, hey, what would you say that I struggle with? When was the last time you asked a good friend that? When was the last time you asked a good friend, said, hey, hey, listen, um, I think I kind of know what I'm struggling with, but I'm just going to be honest, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, and, and you don't even have to give me an immediate response, but what would you say is my number one challenge that's keeping me from stepping into who, who, I'm, who I'm becoming? What would you say that is? I ask, I ask that as, as much as I can right now in my life, and I've done that over the years, and the best stuff comes out of genuine, honest people that want to help you tear stuff down. The answers they give you, because it's never what I think it is. They're like, well, you've been, you know, I think I'm struggling with lust. They're like, well, you have been kind of like really arrogant lately. I'm like, shut up. Like, what's wrong with y'all? Don't jack you in the face. You know, I ask, I ask Matt Bayless. He's, he's one, of my, one of my guys. And I asked him that one time, and he's like, well, he's like, let me think about it. And he thought about it, and he's like, well, you haven't said I don't know in a long time. I'm like, I hate you. You know. You know what, I, th- I, th- I think you've been a little bit lazy with the kids. And I don't, you know what, I think you've been kind of zoned out and checked out with that. Like, get people that will be honest about the idols in your life. So right now you're going to have some time, spend some time, talk about what are the idols. Two questions, real simple. What are the idols in your life that need to get chopped down? Question number two, who in your life can you trust that if you were honest about it, that, and you told them about it, and you were clear about it, Who are the men around you that would hop in and make sure that that thing comes down? Who is it? And and here's my encouragement. If you you can't think of a name, it's time to figure out a name. So two questions. What is it? Two, who are the people? Let me pray for you. Father, thanks for the gift of today. Um, I pray... um, Father, that you would um, allow the men to, to, to truly, the way that I do right now, to just feel an increased sense of calling right now and a quickening in your kingdom and an opportunity like Gideon had once in a generation to really get through and over the idols of the day and to step into the things of the kingdom and to maybe even see revival in our time. To see men with full hearts, aimed, purposed, strong, character-filled. And for, their, for it to just become a wave. And Father, I think that's what happened with Gideon. I think that you knew that you had an army to, to, write, to raise. But there was never going to be an army raised until there was an individual man who decided to, before being raised to be an army to cut the dead weight that had been holding him back and holding everybody else back. 
So I just pray that you give my brothers the boldness um, to identify the idols, uh, the boldness to lean into some people that will help them tear them down, and then by the authority of Christ, tear down the idols in our lives. Rip them, hack them, saw them, burn them, and allow our hearts to worship in their absence. We just pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's Bible teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media. 